0: Welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's cover is a pre-budget special where Forbes India has invited illustrious leaders like Kiran Majumdar Shah, Kumar Mangalam Birla and a host of others to set their views on what the budget should be like, might be like and with me on the call today to talk about it all is editor Saurav Majumdar. Hi Saurav, thanks for joining in. Hi,
1: Hi Abhishek, thank you.
0: And so sort of this budget comes under an interesting backdrop, right? Interest rate cuts, the oil prices have gone down just a tad. There is a slight taming of inflation. Just a few days back, we had the projected GDP growth rate of 7.4% in the coming year. So by most counts, would you concede that the new government has a slightly favourable climate in which to present this one, the budget?
1: Well, Abhishek, you've summed it up pretty rightly. Uh, the situation here is actually such that perhaps this is the best time for the government and uh, the finance minister to try and push through reform. It's an important thing to note. That while the debate was and the discussion was all about uh, optimism and hope uh, immediately after the new government was born in, the discussion has shifted somewhat to when the reform moves will happen. Because there is already we are nine months into the new government. We've had uh, the government settling down. Uh, This will be the first full year budget by uh, the Modi government. So I think uh, all in all, there is a huge burden of expectations riding on Mr. Jaitley that this time he really should present a transformational budget. But having said that, you know, there are huge challenges, which we also dwell on in this issue. You know, the GDP figures have been um, sort of uh, uh, recalculated and recalibrated. We we won't go into that uh, because, you know, even the sections of the government are a bit confused about uh, the calculation methodology and all of that. But I think uh, it's important to note that uh, all in all, it is going to be a very, very significant budget.
0: Take us through the issue this time and the thinking behind it. You've not had in-house writers do most of the writing, but people from the industry, CEOs, you also have a CEO poll where you ask them certain questions about budget expectations. So quickly, could you summarize what this issue is about?
1: Yes, uh, certainly. What we have done is that uh, we wanted to give the readers a sense of what the expectations and the challenges are before the finance minister. And uh, we thought it is best that uh, we hear it from the people concerned, the people on the ground who are the business leaders, the economists, the thought leaders, etc. And uh, therefore, we have have invited uh, a galaxy of very well-known people, from Kumar Mangalam Birla, Kiran Majumdar Shaw, Vijay Govindarajan, Mallika Srinivasan, even uh, serial entrepreneurs like K. Ganesh, because, uh, you know, today's enterprise and startups are a very, very big part of the economy. So we have a variety of people, actually, from various walks of life and various sectors, talking about what they think the finance minister should be doing. Then there is a very interesting pre-budget CEO poll, which BMR Advisors has uh, done for us. It's very interesting because the CEO poll actually comes up with some interesting uh, results. It says, Nearly 70% of the respondents were clearly worried about the lack of infrastructure. 19 percent were concerned about the lack of educational standards and low skill levels of workers. Low skill levels are important because if you're talking about MAKE in India as a major initiative to push growth, it's important that we have skills of the workers which is commensurate with that kind of a requirement. The third, of course, part of the budget special is that we have the Forbes India CEO dialogues which is a monthly uh, forum of business leaders uh, discussing various issues. And this time they've talked about the budget and the expectations
0: there. How's the mood about uh, the new government and... I think one of the commentators said that this could be, I, I don't know the exact words, but a new wine in an old bottle or more like Chidambaram's speech with a saffron lipstick or some yeah, such yeah. thing. So,
1: <laughs> that was last year when somebody, senior commentator had mentioned that. So therefore, that is exactly what, what the question is, you know, whether it will be a little bit of this and that or whether it will be truly transformational now. Most people believe that this is as good a time as could have been because, you know, like the reasons you mentioned, the oil price. Inflation is more or less uh, in control, yet industrial production is not really up there. We really need to get to move on. And uh, there is also a little bit of restlessness, if I may add, among the business community who actually feel that, you know, now all the expectations and hope is still there. The world is watching and uh, it's time, high time now, that Mr. Modi and his uh, finance minister needs to spell out what the agenda is of the next few years. And what will that be? What
0: are two or three areas that the... Uh, CEOs that you spoke to say, I mean, what are two or three areas that the budget should address to sustain growth?
1: Obviously, the two or three things which need to be addressed very urgently are the infrastructure support because infrastructure is really the pain of Indian uh, economy. There is so much to be done. Also, if you're you're at Make in India, what are the, you know, it should not ever remain a slogan. There has to be work on the ground. So what are the enabling uh, provisions which the government will put in place for the Make in India initiative? Most importantly, how are jobs going to be created? What about the education uh, levels? What about skilling? Uh, Most importantly, I think there is a clear choice which the finance minister will now have to make. In order to push growth further, he will need to look at public investments. And uh, if you have public investments, obviously the money has to go to come from somewhere. Are you going to be able to stay on the fiscal consolidation path and uh, keep your promise of a 3.6% fiscal deficit for FY16. Now, this is really the most important choice which uh, the finance minister will have to make. Does he uh, stray a little bit away loosen a little bit of the fiscal consolidation promise? Or does he just stay on the path, keep uh, RBI and the global uh, financial community happy by ensuring that he sends out clear fiscal consolidation signals? But then remember that will not be very conducive to pushing investment through because clearly public sector is still caught in its own balance sheet issues and is not going to be taking the first step towards pushing investment through. So it will have to be the government. But that's what the government... Have to figure out
0: and some of the other usual suspects of course are ease of doing business where india ranks 142
1: yes ease of doing business is critical here because if you're talking about making india manufacturing it's it's all tied in you see you need to have a government which allows companies to set, be set up quickly in fact companies even to be wound up quickly i was talking to some people who say that you know it takes days to just to even shut down a company i mean even business has to work both ways, but we need to really get on with some moves to clearly demonstrate to the global investor as well as to the Indian, um, you know, business owners that the government is going to do everything possible to make business, uh, make it business friendly. Now, obviously, the good thing is that the intent of the government right from day one and the finance minister and this, uh, you know, what they have spoken, the statements are very, very positive. In fact, even uh, yesterday, uh, the finance minister said that it, there is no reason that just because they have uh, lost one election that they would need to stay, uh, stray from the reform path. So I think that's a very heartening sign. I'm sure the government uh, has been, you know, it has been elected with such a massive mandate and with so much of optimism and hope riding on it that I think the government has enough brains and intelligence and firepower to re- realize that this is the best time for it to push through.
0: And how good do you think will they be on execution or what is the perception of uh, the leaders that you spoke to, especially when it comes to, say, something like tax reforms, where every year we have the government threatening to get the goods and service tax out, but it doesn't seem to happen. How eager are the businessmen to see that and uh, what are the chances of that happening in this one?
1: Yeah, I think uh, by now the GST uh, roadmap is pretty much clear. The talk is of an April 2016 rollout. And uh, I think we need to stay on course on that one, because that itself has a huge potential of adding to the GDP and simplifying the whole tax structure in this country, which is again, uh, as as we all know, a, a big problem for business owners. So therefore, I think the GST is, is one such area where people will need to make a clear roadmap uh, possible. And uh, then there are several other areas, you know, like tax reform, uh, we need to make, Uh, Procedures simpler and all of that. And the thing is, we have to incentivize financial savings. You know, a lot of the savings need to come to the financial markets to ensure capital formation happens, and companies are able to access funds easily and therefore start investing all over again. So some of these things, like um, you know, enabling those areas, will be very very important. GST, of course, is one of the critical things which everybody will look forward to. The basic point being. This budget should not only lay down the formation of a clear roadmap for uh, the next few years in terms of what the government will want to do, but also demonstrably clear up some of the cobwebs of the past and tell the investors both internally in in domestic and abroad that here the government uh, means business taxation, uh, not only simplification, but also stability of the tax administration, for instance. You can't have retrospective taxes and all of that, which really spooked the global investor community uh, a couple of years ago. I think that way uh, the government has been on the right track so far. And let me tell you, despite the fact that globally the macro economic situation is in India's favor right now, things can change and everybody is not going to always perpetually be lining up outside India's door to wait to invest.
0: So like I said, we need to really get on with it this time around and this is as good a time as any other. Well, I think on that optimistic note, Shorov, it's time to wrap up. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Abhishek. And all you listeners, you grab this issue. It's a pre-budget one. It's slightly fatter than the usual Forbes India issue. And you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com as well as on iTunes. And to have someone call you for a subscription, just message Forbes to 51818.